We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into another edition of Mind on My Money, presented by Argent Wealth. I'm Neil McCready. Martin Palomo joins me, as always, from Ridgeland, Mississippi. Uh, get, get, get to the show. We're going to talk about interest rates a little bit. We just started a pre-show, and I actually stopped the pre-show because I didn't want the pre-show to be better than the show, and uh, I, I killed it. So we'll we'll resume it uh, here in a moment. First, I want to tell you real quick, I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number, ask for Corey Clark. If you're in the market for a vehicle, you're even thinking about a Ford vehicle, you owe it to yourself to call, get a quote. It's going to at least help you moving forward somewhere else. Uh, car business still kind of weird, supply and demand, EVs, all that stuff that's going on. You, uh, Unless you're an expert, and if you are, great. But if you're not, and most people aren't, if you're not an expert, get an expert opinion. At least let it guide you moving forward, even if you're not buying a Ford. Won't take but a couple minutes of uh, Corey's time, and then you can use that information to help you with uh, someone else. So again, 662-257-1900. And Martin, before we get rolling on interest rates and the Fed and some stuff that I'm really interested in for uh, a myriad of reasons, um, yeah, do tell the people how they can get in touch with you guys at Argent. Awesome. Yeah, man. We, uh, <clears throat> you know, kind of things, things are rocking and rolling here. Um, and we're in our busy season, um, which is really good. And um, but we do have, you know, my team, I've, I've, I have a team of people that work around me. It's not just me. I know probably people maybe think that I'm the only advisor at, uh, <laughs> at the firm, but that is, that is not true at all. Um, so anyway, you know, if, if folks, this is a good time of year to kind of do your reviews and make sure that you're on track. And if, if you've been doing it alone or, or folks are, are unsure, uh, great opportunity for us to have a conversation doesn't mean that we are committed to each other. Uh, you may say, hey, this doesn't make sense for me. We may say, hey, this doesn't make sense for us, but here's what we think you should do. Uh, and we're not going to charge anyone for for that uh, right out of the gate. So if that sounds reasonable to you or you've been thinking maybe I should ask somebody about what they think, give us a call, 601-957-0323. Uh, or you can do what most folks do and email us. And that is info at my Argent Wealth, A-R-G-E-N-T, wealth.com. All right. So, again, myargentwealth.com. <laughs> um, interest rates. So, as you know, I'll make this personal because people do personal stuff. My uh, my oldest graduated college in this past May. So, she's uh, in year one professionally. She has a job. Uh, she's living in Nashville. Um, she is 
leaving Nashville at some point this spring and relocating. Okay. And so she's pretty focused uh, on some of her, you know, housing options, rent, uh, you know, do you think about buying? Do you think about first time homeowner buying all those things? Yep. And uh, I've helped her a little bit with getting some information. She's busy. I've been laid up for weeks with this stupid knee thing and I've had some time. And so me, I'm not really in the housing market right now. Um, thank God my interest rate is is really, really good historically. And and uh, at, at least for now, I'm locked into it, which is good yep. news. Uh, she doesn't have that option. The current interest rate that she was quoted for a, uh, she would be a first time homeowner. She would not be putting down 20%. Right. We'll put it that way. Most people, most people can't. Yeah. Most first time home buyers are not. That so there, there are some programs for first time home buyers that allow yep. you to put down like 3%. You have to pay your closing costs and that's a chunk of change now. Um, but 6.875. Yeah. So, you know, I've done some research. I've done a little reading of some Reddit stuff and gone some other places and read a lot. And there's, Kind of almost a gamble out there, almost like a, a a futures betting line, right? Like if I wanted to bet on Ohio State or uh, Ole Miss or Alabama or Georgia to win the the twenty twenty four college football championship, you know, I can I can put some money down on on, on futures uh, and get get lines before the season begins. If I wanted to bet a particular game, even there are some lines that you could jump on that are way out, and so some of that is out there in that world. And the, and there's a, there's a school of thought that the interest rates for uh, real estate over the course of the next, I don't know, six months, maybe a little less than that. What is it now? February. So yes, five, five to seven months that those rates are going to fall maybe a couple of times to six and a half or lower, maybe even down into the low sixes. Some people have said, so a lot of people, and I know the fed is not, it's not directly like just, you know, linked like a chain to interest rates like that, yeah. Fed rates. But a lot of people are watching the Fed. You've talked a lot about the Fed. So this is the headline in the Wall Street Journal today. Powell uh, navigates toxic politics of rate mm. cuts as election nears, demonstrating that economics, not politics, guide the Federal Reserve's decisions is especially important and difficult this time of year. Our friend Nick Timaraus is writing the story. He says, for Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell, deciding when to cut interest rates is hard enough. Too soon, and inflation could rise again. Too late, and unemployment might shoot higher. The election is doubly different this year because he's doing it in the glare of election year politics. Yep. Allies of former President Donald Trump, the Republican frontrunner, have already argued that the central bank is seeking to help President Biden by signaling that cuts are coming. Meanwhile, some Democrats inside and outside the West Wing are nervous that the president's, the current president's re-election prospects will be jeopardized by a central bank that keeps rates too high for too long after both the Fed and the administration misjudged inflation. In a letter Tuesday, Senator Sherrod Brown, a Democrat from Ohio, who is chairman of the Senate Banking Committee and is up for re-election this fall, urged Powell to lower interest rates soon in an effort to make housing more affordable. 
Restrictive monetary politics is no longer the right tool for combating inflation, he wrote. Fed officials insist politics won't influence their decision. This year is going to be a highly consequential year for the Fed and for monetary policy, and we're all of us very buckled down and doing and focused on doing our jobs, Powell said at a news conference Wednesday. In December, when the subject of election year politics came up at a news conference, Powell said, the minute we start thinking about those things, we just can't do that. A couple last paragraphs. That hasn't stopped outside analysts from surmising that the election might nonetheless at least affect the timing of a cut, and political actors might have an interest in weighing in, if only to remind the Fed and each other that it is being watched. While Fed actions can always alter economic and thus political outcomes, the reason you and I always say politics and money intertwine. <laughs> The potential is heightened this year because of the unusual path inflation and interest rates have followed. When inflation first surged in 2021, shortly after Biden took office, the Fed thought inflation would soon subside, and it was thus slow to raise interest rates from around zero. When it finally acted, it did so dramatically, raising rates at the fastest pace in four decades to their highest level in 23 years. Last paragraph. The situation has once again reversed. Inflation has slowed notably over the past six months, a very, very positive development, Powell acknowledged Wednesday. The case is likely that it will continue to come down. So while the Fed held its benchmark federal funds rate steady Wednesday in a range between 5.25 and 5.5%, it is almost certain to cut them before too long just to prevent inflation-adjusted or real rates from rising. So I know that's a whole lot there, Martin, but um, yep. you've talked a lot about this. This is absolutely something that is on the minds of the American populace. Uh, people buying a home right now, these interest rates are enough to make you, like my daughter, kind of hesitate. You know, before you sign a 30-year fixed note at 6875 do you go, hey, I think these rates are going to fall if I'll just hang tight for six months? Because there is a big difference between 6.875 and 6, for example, or 6.875 and 5.5 or whatever. There's a, a drastic cut. So there's a lot of people out there that are watching this closely. And, and uh, the Fed is, is, is absolutely being scrutinized because the two sides in what shapes up to be a razor-thin election uh, absolutely sort of want two different things. Yeah, and actually, we kind of we actually kind of brushed on this, uh, talking about how politics impacts policy and uh, politic, political influence to the Fed Board of Governors. Um, we talked about it a little bit last on the last show, um, you know, meaning like I was saying I don't think that Powell really is going to let politics, um, you know, influence their decisions. And because we already saw an example of that when, you know, pre-COVID, uh, Trump really wanted Powell to take uh, the short-term rate down um, so that we could be more competitive with China. And Powell just straight up pretty much told him no, that there was no basis. There was no reasoning to do that. And he would rather keep the you know, the rates where they were. So then the event that something happened and he needed drop powder that he could, you know, impact and influence that way. And then, you know, it wasn't what a year 
a year or so later, um, you know, COVID hits, he's able to, you know, to use the, the tools of the Fed to help, um, you know, soften the blow from the economic impact of COVID. And so I said all that to say I, that I didn't think that, you know, if Biden's office or his, you know, his administration came in and told Powell, hey, we need to get reelected, so we need you to drop interest rates significantly so that we can get reelected. I think he would also tell them like, Hey dude, I don't, I don't care about your, uh, you know, your election campaign. This, this is my job is, you know, to take care of the economy and the American people. And I think that it is going to be a little coincidental that we are going to get some rate cuts during, a during election year, but those cuts were already telegraphed in, you know, before the campaigning cycle. So I, we are going to get cuts this year and it has, I don't, it has zero to do with, with politics okay, now so, so does that help you. biden yes it does yes, it does it absolutely helps biden no question absolutely um, I, you know the thing about it the election i had this conversation with someone yesterday we'll talk about houses oh, after this what's that i said we'll talk about housing after after well, this is this, this is kind of along those lines because the part of the election from last time that people just don't understand in large part because people lead busy lives and they hear the talking points, both sides, both sides have ridiculous talking points, by the way, because neither side acknowledges reality. The reality of the 2020 election, and this is if you believe the numbers. So if you're one of the people that doesn't believe the numbers that you think the election was stolen, whatnot. Okay. Forget this it. Doesn't matter, yeah. This doesn't matter. Move fast forward a couple minutes. But if you are going to at least acknowledge the possibility that the numbers are, are accurate, that Biden got 81 million votes and that Trump got some 75 million votes. I know I don't have that exactly right, but I'm ballpark. And it doesn't right, right. it doesn't matter because here's what matters. And this is why this election has so many people really fascinated. Biden basically swept the swing states. Yes. But he won those swing states by very narrow margins. Yeah. Um, would you call would you have called Georgia a swing state? I would not have called Georgia a swing state. I would not have 2020. before 2020, but I, okay, I probably perfect. would now. Yeah, um, I just wanted to clarify that you and I were on yeah. the same page there. Okay. So we're talking about for people that don't know that, we're talking about Ohio, um, which I think Trump won, by the way, uh, Wisconsin, yeah. uh, uh Pennsylvania, Nevada, Arizona, uh, Georgia, North Carolina. Um, I don't even think Florida is a swing. I don't think Florida is a swing anymore. Florida's a red <laughs> state now. Yep. Um, but we're so we're talking about eight states, basically. Yep. Uh, you know, Michigan. Uh, we're talking about, you know, states that sometimes go Republican, that sometimes go Democrat, that are a, a shade of purple. And if you look at Biden's wins in those states, they were pretty narrow. Uh, in some places, they were really narrow, which People say, well, what's the point? Well, the point is, if you're Biden, you can't lose any of your fringe support. Yes. You, 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 if you lose fringe support, you're probably going to lose the election. It doesn't matter how much Biden runs up the score in California or Oregon or Washington or New York State. It doesn't matter how much Trump runs up the score in Mississippi or Alabama or Arkansas. Those, it, those don't matter. Those are just blowouts. And in football terms, 
it like it doesn't matter if if Mississippi State beats Louisiana Tech 71 to nothing or 10 to 7. It's just a win. It's one and oh next. And it's that way in, in national politics. And so it's a really close election. And something as small as interest rates, where young people are trying to buy a house for the first time, or renters are trying to buy a house for the first time, or people have been forced to relocate and the new interest rates killing them. Um, that's enough to change the election. That's enough for people to go, this is bullshit, man. I can't afford a house. I can't do anything. That damn Biden, even though it's not all Biden, that's ridiculous. But that's they'll right. they'll do that, right? That's just the way it is. And so that's why Democrats are sort of in a panic over this. And to be frank, the Republicans really don't want there to be any relief for the next no, not nine, till, nine months. Yeah, I would say not till probably December, January. Yeah, they don't uh, want they don't well, want actually relief. Probably so, yeah, January, February of next year is when they would want the relief to kick in. That's why I thought the headline in the Wall Street Journal was so apropos where they refer to it as toxic. The uh, yeah. the, the Democrats want the relief to come at a now. moment when people will recognize, hey, they don't even want it now. Because if it comes right now, people might forget it by November because of all, all that's happening outside in the world. But Fair if enough, the yeah. relief came in, say, July, August, where it begins to really impact in September, October. So here's my question. If the Fed lowers rates, what does that do to interest rates for housing? Yeah, I think I mean so it has it has some impact um, on it. So the Fed, and we'll clarify too the the part of the. All right, I'm gonna get real technical for just a second, but it'll I'm gonna visually explain something so that people can visualize in their head. Okay. So there are different there are different um, like durations of of bonds that exist. So you can have you know, a 30 day, a 60. So these just mean these bonds mature in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, you know, 180, one year, two years, a little further out, five years, then the 10 year, which is really the big daddy. Um, the 10 year is the, is the one that most people pay attention to. And then there's even longer dated stuff, the 30 years, the fed really has control over the short end of, of the, of that yield curve. And the reason it's called a curve is because Generally speaking, in normal times, short-term rates are lower than mid-term than intermediate term rates. So you would expect if you're going to buy a 10-year bond and your money's going to be, you know, I'm air quoting, locked up for 10 years, that you're going to earn a higher interest rate than if your money is, you know, only locked up for a year. Or if it's locked up for 30, it's going to be an even higher interest rate. You expect to earn more for having your money invested longer. So the more a lot of mortgage rates are. Uh, our mortgage rates really kind of move based on the 10-year number. And the Fed really has control over the really short end of the of the yield curve. Now, that doesn't mean that it doesn't impact, you know, when they make decisions that it doesn't impact the different parts of, you know, the interest rate curve because it, it does. But if we see the Fed cut by, let's just say they cut by 1% this year, that doesn't necessarily correlate to that, that the 10 year number is going to go down by 1% also. It could go down by a half a percent or, you know, maybe a three quarters of a percent, but it, it, it will still have some impact in it. So, in that saying, you know, if the Fed starts dropping interest rates, you expect that mortgage rates will, you know, come down as well. It just won't be a one to one 
you know, comparison. So like Fed cuts by 1% doesn't mean that interest rates are going to, mortgage rates are going to drop from 675 to, you know, to 575. Now, as the mortgage companies start competing more, when there's more demand for, um, for mortgages, you know, that's where you really could start seeing that people are like, when people start shopping, when they're like, oh, you know, well, um, I'm not going to name any real banks. I'll just create names like Main Street Bank is going to give me a six and a half percent on my mortgage. But, you know, Rocket Mortgage online will give me a 30 year mortgage at, um, you know, um, at six percent or five and three quarters. And when there's enough demand where the mortgage companies really start competing with each other, that's also where you'll start to see some of those rates come down. But like right now, there's really not, there's not as much demand for mortgages as there has been in the past. So, um, you know, they're not really, no one's really competing on rates. They can keep them, you know, relatively high at the moment. Um, but if the, you know, if the market gets flooded with, with buyers, you know, I think you'll start to see some downward pressure um, on, on mortgage rates too. But right now it is an interesting scenario of, you really have to do the math of, renting versus buying. And I think we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. People, when you're when you're doing the per when you're looking at buying, you really need to look. There's a couple of things that I th- I think that make sense. And a mortgage, a mortgage broker, if we had on on the show, might say, Hey, you missed a couple of things and and just forgive me for for missing a couple of things. But I think you got to look at, you know, obviously rent is easy to calculate because it's like it is what what it is. And so let's just say you're, you know, looking at a three bedroom, three bath house. They all are three bedroom, two and a half bath. They all look the same. Like this, the houses are the same. It's not one's in a better neighborhood. One's bigger. One's just the same product. And, you know, you can rent, but the rent is, let's just say it's $2,000 a month just for, just for easy math. And then, you know, you look at the, at a mortgage and you say, well, you know, I can buy the house and, you know, my mortgage payment and my insurance and my taxes, let's just say it's equal. It's going to be $2,000 a month. So it's the same monthly payment, but that's where you got to start considering, well, how long am I really going to be here? Am I going to be here for 10 years or am I going to be here for three? And kind of the st- the craziest statistic is that, um, you know, the average old on a house is like five to seven years. And when you're younger, it's obviously shorter. When you're older, it's, it's longer. Uh, you know, like you and I are 
probably not leaving our house for a while, but like, you know, your daughters, um, are probably going to, I mean, you got one that's maybe Nashville's not the spot. So it, it may make sense, even if she paid a little more in rent to have that flexibility of, Hey, I know I'm not going to be here long-term. And even if you're paying just a slightly bit more, the thing that you got to consider is you purchase a house and it's not just the payment. When you go to sell it, you're going to have a commission that's got to be paid to realtors. And let's just say that commission is, you know, 6%. Sure. So you got to factor in, like, let's say the house, I'm going to use easy numbers just because I yeah. suck at public math. Sure. Let's say the house is a $200,000 house. Okay. So 6% of a hundred thousand bucks is six grand. You're so losing 12 grand. Yeah. You're 12,000 bucks. Yeah. Right. So, right. And let's just say that it's a three year hold period. So we're going to, spread that $12,000 over, you know, those three years. So that's an additional $4,000 a year that you really got to put into your, your rent budget. That's oh, correct. So if you think, that's Hey, correct. I'm only going to be in this house for a year, year and a half, two years, while it might make sense to have equity on the flip side, are you really getting any equity if it's only Not in those first half, years, man? Years? So the answer to that is maybe you're better off renting and renting. You, yeah. You know, as, because as you got to think, Especially first-time homebuyers, man. Yeah. Like, let's look at your daughter's situation where she's going to qualify the program where maybe it's no money down. And the first two, three years, the bulk of that payment is interest. She's not really generating a ton of equity right. in the house. And I don't know that she would generate you know, $12,000 worth of equity in the house. Not unless uh, she overpaid. Not unless she, yeah. Not unless she, yep. the, let's say the mortgage payment was two grand a month just for using round numbers. And she somehow yep. paid 2,500 a month. Well then, well now you're making some, some equity, but how much of that are you really getting back? Cause you're going to lose, like you said, the commission on and the realtor. Yep. And, and who and, knows you know, what the real, you don't know what the real estate market's going to do. Is it going to be volatile? Is it, what's it going to look like interest rates in two years and three years? I mean, there's, yeah. there's a lot to consider. And if you're a young person, I mean, what they tell you is, you know, rent payment is is lighting it on fire. And that's true to a degree, but yeah, with rent degree. comes flexibility. Yep. Because and you when know, you're younger, you know, that flexibility is probably more important than, yeah. than you know, uh, because hell, I mean, let's use my scenario that happened to me. 2006, I bought a house in Jackson or in Brandon and, um, then I ended up getting a job in DC and great job. We moved. I took it. So I had only owned the house for a year, but I got double smacked because not only did, you know, we bought the house, I needed to sell it, but the housing market collapsed in 2007. So, you know, that was leading up to the 2008 financial meltdown. So I couldn't sell my house because I was underwater um, from you know, I had negative equity in, you know, in my house. So I had to hold on to it and I actually had to rent the house out. I had to become a landlord from a thousand miles away because I was living in DC and, you know, we had a home here that I couldn't sell. So I was, if I had it to go back and do it all over again and, and 40 year old Martin could have told, you know, uh 23 year old Martin, Hey dude, um, uh, I know that you like this house and you think this is a good idea, but you're 23 years old and you're very likely not going to stay in this house long-term. Why don't you just rent this house instead of purchasing it? 
and I would have, and the, you know, the 23 year old Martin with ego and wanting to insert my independence and saying, you know, like, Hey, I got this, I can do this would have probably fought 40 year old Martin, but 40 year old Martin could have slapped 23 year old Martin in the face and just say, Sh- uh, Ooh, almost dropped the F bomb on here. <laughs> uh, shake him, but you know, just like, dude, shut up. You have no idea what, what you're talking about. And I didn't, and I thought I did, but dude, I, I didn't have those conversations with, you know, my dad wasn't here. So yeah. I you know, didn't have a dad to talk to about it. I didn't have those conversations with my mom. So dude, I was just blindly making decisions, uh, which ultimately cost me, you know, very dearly. So I think doing the calculation of rent versus own in, when you're younger is really important. Now I'm a huge proponent of owning your home long-term. Um, you know, I think that it just, it just makes sense, but man, I almost say like, Hey, if you're under 30, you got to do those calculations. You got to, and calculate in what it's going to cost you to dispose of the house too. And I think that's something that we don't really, uh, you know, look at when we're talking about what is the real cost of buying versus the cost of, um, renting. And dude, we didn't even talk about the, all the fees that are inside of the mortgages, you know, because like mortgage brokers got to get paid. Appraisers got to get paid. Attorneys got to get paid. Like all those people get paid and, it doesn't, it's not, the government doesn't just gift them money, uh, you know, in a first time home buyer, that stuff gets wrapped up into, you know, like the equity of your house or the note that's on your house. So, I mean, there are, you know, a bunch of factors of costs that go into buying that you just don't have, you know, as a renter. Um, but I think renting is a great solution for young people or a great solution for folks who are, you know, that transition a ton. Um, you know, if there's listeners that are, you know, that are, um, you know, in a great career, but you get relocated, you know, constantly, unless their business, their company, you know, buys and sells their house for them, that they don't have, you know, any losses or, uh, you know, any expenses on that, then I just think, you know, someone like that, that renting, you know, makes sense as well. It just doesn't make sense to buy. Yeah. So it's, like you and I say, it's funny because people, I, not really from this show much, but sometimes in other things, people say, I don't know why you talk about politics. I don't, I don't, I don't want to think about politics. I, I stay out of politics. I'm apolitical. And I'm like, that doesn't really exist. I mean, the truth is you're, you're not really apolitical. You might not identify with a party. You might not be super keep keeping up with politics, but your decisions in life, whatever they may be, typically reflect a, polit- a political bent one way or the other. You you do have a, a, you lean one way or the other, whether you realize you do or don't. Right. And I, th- uh, never mind. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to, I'm going to recant before I say <laughs> what I was going to say. I was going to talk about how people probably start on one side of the aisle and then move to the other side. But that's, that's not true because, or else we wouldn't no, have and, and not always politics. I mean, there there is a there is a typical arc, but it it is not. It's not. Uh, not everyone takes that road, so it's not it's not unanimous. And there are, there are a lot of people that are conservative in some aspects and quite liberal in others, and vice versa. Um, but when it comes to some something like interest rates, this really isn't about you know, socio socioeconomics. It's about economics. It's about you know, it's about your credit cards. Yeah. If, if the Fed well, dude, and, 
and the honestly, bad think, rates and you know, and you're the type of person that carries a lot of credit card debt. The higher yeah, the federal impact. rates are, the the more you're paying without even realizing you're paying it. Well, and I think that's really probably the more important conversation for us to have with, you know, like really young folks that are in their twenties that are, you know, uh, just graduating from school. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's like this now, but I remember, you know, like when I was in college, there would be events that were set up where like credit card companies were out at the events, you know, signing people up for, you know, their credit cards for, um, you know, for these kids that are in school and they don't have these huge limits. Maybe it's, you know, a couple thousand bucks and, um, but dude, it's nosebleed interest rates, you know, 30%. Um, and you kind of think about how the credit card, how credit cards work. I mean, let's just say you have a balance of, of $10,000 and, you know, you're paying a a 30% rate. Uh, It's not that you pay, $10,000 plus $3,000 and it's 13 grand. And, you know, and then you get to pay it off. It's $10,000. It's $3,000 this year. Uh, If you don't eat into the principal, it's $3,000 next year, $3,000 the year after. And it's just, you know, it's, if you can never get ahead of the credit card monster, um, then, then, you know, it's, it's a, it's a game you can't win. And I, and I do love, and this is not, I'm not smacking banks. I I use American express, you know, for, for my house. Um, but I love how, you know, like the, the, um, payday lenders, you know, like the tower loans or Republic finance or whatever the payday lender in your area is, you know, get this really bad. Like people look down on them. They're like, you guys are, you know, bottom feeders and you're, you know, you're feeding off of the, um, you know, really poor people charging these absorbent rates. And and you kind of look at the rates and their rates are like 30%, 35%. But yet no one says anything about how America to American Express for, you know, if you don't pay your balance, that their rate is 30%. It's like, they're the same. They're the same. But, but the view and image of the payday lender is, you know, that you're scum. And, you know, an American Express is this, you know, white gloved, squeaky clean, um, you know, and I think people are like, oh, well, most people that use American Express pay their balance off every month. It's a big bull crap, man. I mean, have you looked at their profitability? Like, I'm going to venture this. And I realize they also earn, you know, a transaction fee every time, you know, you you swipe the card. But, but dude, like, I'm, I'm going to venture to say most people carry a balance, um, you know, on their credit card. And you know, and, and most people are probably paying somewhere between 25 and, and 30% interest on their credit card debt. And I mean, if they go to a payday lender, it's the, it's the same. They're paying, you know, and people call them loan sharks. Oh, those guys, you know, should be put out of business. And it's, it's the exact same as your credit card. Your credit card is just your loan shark. You keep in your, in your pocket at, at all times. Yeah. Rather than having to go in and look a human in the face and say, Hey, I need to do something that's really not financially smart, but I've got to do it. Uh, I mean, dude, and here, look, I'll tell on myself when, when I moved back from DC, I was freshly divorced. I was broke. I worked for the state of Mississippi for 50 weeks. Uh, I made no money at the state. Um, and there were, you know, there were things that Murphy moved into my house and I had to go take, you know, I had to go to the tower loan, the Republic finance. And dude, it took me forever to pay the thing off. 
but their interest is simple interest. <laughs> the credit card interest is, you know, compounding, revolving, um, you know, and I had to do it. And was I, am I, I don't, am I ashamed about it? No, it's, it just was a part of my life that, that happened, but no, you know, I mean, those, uh, I mean that is, that sometimes, sometimes life happens, man. I mean, that's what credit cards are really. I mean, if you use them properly, sometimes life happens, you're not yep. prepared for something. And, Maybe you could dip into all of your savings and pay for something, but you're like, I don't really want to do that. And so sometimes there are some credit options out there where you get 12 months, no interest. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, businesses use that like, like furniture stores and stuff like that. Use that as incentives all the time. And there's a yeah. reason for that. It's because they're hoping you don't pay it off in 12 months. They're hoping you don't pay it <laughs> off in 12 months. And they know that without that option, you're not, you're not coming in the door. You're not coming yeah. in the door. And so, yeah. You know, they offer, sometimes they'll do the big sale, you know, 36 months, no interest. I yep. mean, that's, that's their saying, Hey, we've got to get, we got to move some inventory. That's, that's what they're saying. I mean, and so you, 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 you go in and, and they're sort of at your mercy, but. Well, dude. And so we've, we've won on that a couple of times. And then there's one, I won't tell the, I won't tell all the details cause I'll save the embarrassment of for Jennifer. Uh, well, for both of us. Uh, I've done that a couple of times where we've done like, we've gone to the furniture store, we've bought stuff on the, you know, it, where it's a one year, two year, we went on that thing, but there was one, there was one purchase we made and it was a big purchase. And we didn't, I mean, I didn't have the cash anyway. If, if at the time I didn't have the cash to, to pay cash for it. And, um, and I usually would do a pretty good job of gaming the system where if you're giving me 0%, I'm going to. I'm going to try to get it knocked out of my 0% window. Cause, cause the backside, of that, I don't know if people realize it, but what they'll do is they'll amortize it for, you know, let's just say it's a furniture and they're saying, Hey, we're going to give you 0% for 12 months, but they put your payment on like a, the only payment that's due is would be you pay it off in, you know, five years. Yeah. Um, so you have to go in and be like, no, I'm going to pay a 12th of this thing I'm gonna, every I'm month. I'm going to buy this into 12 and I'm going to pay that every month. And, and that yep. way I'm taking advantage of it. I'm just making payments at 0%. That's correct. But they will allow it because it'll be amortized at three or five years. And then what happens is if you don't make your payments in by that 12 month period, it's the total interest for all the period gets added on, even for the first 12 months because you didn't do it. And, uh, Man, Jen and I got smoked on a deal because I did not do proper uh, proper accounting for it, and completely I was. But it was like I was almost almost there. It was the balance was really paid down, and then all of a sudden balloons up with all of the interest that uh, <laughs> that I missed out. I mean that I you know owed because I violated or I you know I didn't get my stuff paid off in the exact twelve month. I'm always period. and I was just like, damn, they got me on that one. I'm always amused by a couple of uh, car payments that I I will I intentionally overpay because I'm trying to get them paid ahead of time. Well, dude, that's another one that you can never get ahead if you just make the yeah because well, that, you're upside down on underwater on your car like immediately. Immediately. So what I do is I overpay, and it's amazing. Each month, I get the statement, and they're dropping my minimum payment. You know, they're they're yep. desperately trying to get me back on yep. their schedule, and yep. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to keep paying this. And I mean, it's, it's almost like they want to send you a letter in the mail going, Hey, what are you doing? Well, what, what, you, you don't have to make a payment for three months. You're like, yeah. no, hell no. I'm just coming no, no, to you. I'm, I'm good. That's why they tell people all the time. If if you can, and most people can't, but if you can on a 30 year note, if you make one extra mortgage payment a year, 
whether that's over the course yeah. of the year or you just make an extra payment. Yep. Like take your Christmas bonus and make it a, a housing payment. You'll take a 30 year note and make it a 21 year note. Yep. Yep. Knocking out some years. It shows you the amount of money that you are pouring into interest. I mean, just it's, it's remarkable, uh, really. But, you know, and I, th I think that Dave Ramsey really does. And I'm not a, I'm not a Dave Ramsey, like everything that he says is, is gold. Cause I, I do disagree with him in the investment piece. Um, yeah. but man, I think, I think he does a really good job of talking about like strategies of getting out of debt and just knowing what you're paying and then how to do it and giving people, um, you know, like real applicable methods of, of getting debt reduced because it's easy to get into it. And then, man, it's kind of like that, uh, frog in the water scenario of, you know, it just kind of over time, the water starts boiling. And before you know it, you're dead in the water versus if it's boiling immediately and the frog jumps in, it's like, he's jumping right back out. And, uh, that's kind of what the credit thing does to you, man. It can, you can add on a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And you're like, Hey, I can handle this. And all of a sudden you get a rate hike and your payments go, you know, your, your interest payment goes up by 50%. And then you're like, uh Oh, now I'm in trouble. And, you know, and then you don't have any recourse cause you got to pay, you got to pay that, that debt, that debt off. And which is exactly full service, full circle and what we always talk about. When people say, why are you guys talking about politics? Well, because these are political things that do affect interest rates. And now we're telling you how interest rates impacts. No, not most of the people listening to this understand this, but right. interest rates affect a lot of the things in your life. Absolutely. You know, and one of the things we, we didn't talk, what well, it would be a good thing to talk about. And I know we probably got just a few minutes left, but this is, this applies to cars as well you talked about your car you know some some people try to make the decision of you know whether you lease or whether you buy and some you know you'll hear people say oh leases are are terrible ideas and i'm like you can't make blanket statements like that because there may be people that leases are more appropriate than you know than outright purchasing a vehicle and i kind of think about you know that person that is um you know getting a new car like they buy their car and they're getting a new car every, you know, two or three years. Uh, it, it might make sense for someone in that situation to look at it and go, Hey, does, does a lease make more sense for me than actually, you know, buying the car? Cause the same kind of principles apply with real estate. You know, you have, when you buy it, you've got all kinds of, um, you know, costs that are, that are in there when you trade it in, you know, they're going to, they're going to take their piece out of it by, you know, giving you less than what, um, you know, than what it's actual, I guess, sales value. If you did in a private sale would be worth. I think people got to weigh those options and say, Hey, does, does it make sense for us? And if someone's turning a car, turning a car over every, every two years or three years, probably makes sense to lease. But if you're a, yeah. you know, buy your truck and you hold, you drive it for 10 years, it probably makes sense to, sure. to buy it. It just depends on Every everyone's different and it depends on what your situation is. Yeah. If you're the person like, uh, you know, um, Campbell's car, for example, is about a month and a half away from being paid off. And she's done the smart thing. I'm like super proud of her. I told her when I bought the car for her as a high school graduation present, I told her, I said, I'll pay it off. No matter. I'll pay it off. But if you're smart, don't pour miles on it. If you're smart, it's going to give you a little extra life after it's paid off. 
and she's done the smart thing. She's paid herself a car payment in the savings account. And so instead of being underwater, the moment she drives off a lot with whatever her next vehicle is, she's going to be okay. Might, might be even right. But by, you know, so, but if, yeah, if you're going to do that, that makes sense. But yeah, you're right. If look, if, if you're the type of person and there's nothing wrong with this, people are just different ways. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't drive more than say 12 to 14,000 miles a year and you really love having a new car, Lease, lease it. Yeah, I mean, and that also so you never have to worry about payment into your budget and just do it every month. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you never have to worry about maintenance, car repairs. Don't Um, worry about warranties and things of that nature. If 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 the if the if the transmission breaks down, not your problem. Not your problem. Yeah, and so there's positives to that. So yeah, it's 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 the same. And and, you know, another thing, when maybe we end on this because I know we're probably bumping. We're talking about interest rates, man. I mean. Look at the impact of interest rates on vehicles. I mean, they could they used to not be able to give the vehicles away at zero percent interest. And then the you know, rates went up and car interest payment, a uh, car interest rates didn't go up. You know, when rates went from zero to five and a quarter on the short term, uh car payment, car interest rate didn't go from zero to five and a quarter. It went from zero to twelve or zero to thirteen. Like that's another huge um, you know, a huge place where you really see the interest rate creep happen is in is in car payment so if people can do like what campbell did and pay themselves pad a little bit and you know and if you can pay cash for a vehicle obviously like that is um you know that is ideal to then finally but hey if you can get zero percent financing on a vehicle uh man i mean that's kind of hard to pass up i know they usually get you somewhere it's they get you in the price if it's, you know, they're not going to negotiate much with price if they're get, if you're getting 0%. But I guess if you have cash, you know, you can just walk away from deals. You don't have to take a deal uh, when you're buying a car. Yeah. And maybe sure. that's the leverage. That's the leverage that you get. And I don't know, man. I'm sure there are people who are really, really great negotiators. You know, you hear the stories all the time. People are like, oh, I got negotiated an awesome deal on my car. I kind of want to be like, show me the paperwork. Like, yeah. Let me see how awesome of a deal you actually really negotiated i think it's kind of like the when they tell their buddies about their their investment oh man i have a my my, my portfolio is up my 400 percent because i put 100 percent in nvidia and i'll be like show me your i want to see your statement yeah let me see the losses that are associated <laughs> whatever you say warren i'd like to check that out buddy yeah no i mean you know the car dealers I won't, are- I won't be a jerk like that though yeah they're making they're making their deals too all right yeah, and they need to man i mean like yeah. they're a business they need to they- be a, they're not a charity no, they got to make money. They're not going to give it away. They got to make money. I mean, that's yeah. how a lot of people survive and pay their bills. It's it's so. that's it. I mean, that's that's why I'm I'm probably not the best negotiator when it comes to that. I, for me, with cars, I go in with an in my mind. I've looked at my budget. I know here's what I can afford a month. Yep. And I kind of stay in that range. I mean, like you get me within seven, eight, nine dollars a month. Okay, sure. I'm not, I'll go over that. But like, if it's going to be $150 over, nope, I can't do that. And I'm not gonna waste the guy's time. Right. And yep. In my case, my guy's Corey. So I just deal with Corey and and Corey takes care of you. And I mean, and honestly, when you have someone that you trust is going to do, I mean, look, they got to make money. They're not a charity. So, you know, you're not going to get it below what they paid for it. That just, they would be out of business, but you get someone that you can trust. that's going to take care of you. Like, dude, that is the, that's the car guy that, 
yeah. you know, that, that you want to have. Um, so man, maybe Corey needs to be all of our car guys. Cause you know, finding a trustworthy car guy is also pretty difficult. Well, so he says all the time, he wants to build a relationship and that's how you build it. You don't build the relationship by screwing somebody over. You build the relationship by giving fair deals and taking care of people and giving good advice. And even sometimes, and there's been a couple of times that he said, Hey, if I were you, I wouldn't do this. And so I didn't, nice. you know, so that's, that's, and then he probably finds you something that's, that's the right thing for you, yeah, man. And well, that's, I mean, that's what you want for people you do business with is yeah, just you know, to when do I had right. My issue, when I had my issue with my truck, I mean, the one that I was going to drive till it stopped rolling and then it had some major issues to it and it was coming up on a hundred thousand miles. And it was like, if I were, if it were me and I were you, I would probably do something. And so I did, you know, and it, it all worked out. All right. We're going to, uh, we're going to wrap it there again, Martin. How can people get in touch with you guys? Uh, man, you can hit us on the phone, 601-957-0323. Uh, most people email us, uh, info at myargentwealth.com. For Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. That does it for this edition of Mind on My Money. We'll be back again uh, next week, I believe. That's the plan. And uh, we'll catch up on whatever is the latest with uh, in the financial markets or whatnot on Mind on My Money, presented by Argent, don't forget it's my argent a r g e n t wealth.com. Until next time, take care. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.